When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to another Burning Questions uh, series with uh, myself, uh, Andy Park, uh, FPL Sonaldo, as well as my co-host, Pross. Hey, how are you, Andy? Very good. Uh, sorry to keep you guys waiting. Uh, we're having some, we had some te- technical difficulties, but we really appreciate everybody waiting. And I'm very, very excited to introduce a very special guest and my good friend, FPL Bruno, also known as Kishav. And we do the Enabler Show on Twitter Spaces. Kishav, uh, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Andy. Um, quite excited to be here uh, and being the quite honored as well to be the first community uh, guest. Yeah, absolutely. We're very excited to have you on. Um, so we'll just quickly uh, discuss how we did. Pros, how, how's your game week going? Our current ranks are up from yesterday. So obviously this rank is uh, superficial in some ways and, and will change drastically in the next two days. Uh, but if you two could uh, just explain how you guys are doing. Well, okay. Well, firstly, I'm I'm uh, honored that you've put the 16K down because that's the highest <laughs> rank I've had. Obviously, it's unofficial. But uh, last night was great because I, I transferred out Ronaldo, who I got in for a minus eight, as viewers will remember from last week. So he was out for Watkins. Obviously, he did he did really well. Uh, <clears throat> you know, lots of the game week to go. So uh, rank almost irrelevant at this stage, but happy with the start because I also had Foden. Mm. I'm quite jealous. Um, I had uh, Watkins as well, but um, I lacked 0.1 million to, to get Foden. So I had to go for... Ronaldo Silva for a minus four from Gundogan, and that didn't turn out too well. So yeah, not not that happy with my uh, game week so far, but um, quite um, optimistic for for the remaining games. Uh, looking forward to it. Mm. Um, yeah, so today what we're gonna do is uh, kind of go through a but little bit. Your week, sorry, Sonaldo. Oh yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah. Uh, my week is going great. I had uh, a minus four to bring in Watkins as well as. Um, as Foden. So I traded uh, Gundogan out. And guys, uh, I need to give huge credit to these two because Kishav, I'll bombard a little bit with some transfer uh, ideas, but Pross, I'll I'll bug him till the last minute and send him about a hundred messages asking him what he what he thinks about my transfers. So uh, I'm always grateful for it for your advice, Pross, as well as you, FPL Bruno. Um, so yeah, very excited to uh, be speaking with you guys today. So let's move to the next uh, slide. Okay. So what we're doing today is um, kind of a uh, 
run through of about 20 players and trying to decide if they're kind of buy, hold, or sell types of guys. Um, so obviously, this is a kind of a nice conversation type of thing. There's no definitive answer on whether we should buy players, sell players, or, or hold players because there's so many factors that go into deciding. But before we do that, I thought it'd be good to kind of go over like so, the certain situation with COVID right now and uh, what's going on. Uh, as you can see in the notes here, uh, you know, there's been a sharp increase and I'm sure everybody's aware that, you know, there's been 42 cases this past week. Um, so it's a it's an alarming rate. Um, the United game can't cancel. Tottenham have two games to shoehorn in, as well as the, you know, Chelsea mix, missing a bunch of games or two games due to the Club World Cup. Um, so Chelsea might not have a, a Premier League game for about a month from what I'm hearing. Um, yeah, so, you know, on this note, what should we, you know, kind of prepare for? And, and are there any strategies and, and stuff uh, and kind of things we, we need to watch out for, Pross? Uh, look, I think uh, we're going to try and not make it generic. Uh, and so we wanted to include this as a topic because it's, 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 it's not technically a burning question, but everyone's got this at the back of their mind. What do we do in this period? Add to the fact that it's Christmas, uh, so games are coming thick and fast midweek. Anything that happens COVID-related basically then takes the player out for two to three game weeks. So we're not going to give you the obvious, have a deep bench uh, and wait for your transfers. That's too obvious. Of course, do that. It's anyway Christmas, um, you know, with injuries, you just never know. So information is key, that, that is known. So there was a couple of things that I was thinking that I usually tend to do um, you know, in this period, and this is not the first season, of course, last season we went through this and the season before, for those who played will remember the project restart where uh, people almost, uh, uh, you know, I think they, they wildcarded and the week later, everything was put on hold. And then everybody got a free wildcard as well. So number one, this thing is not extraordinary. Everyone's going through it. So, let you know, you don't have to blame luck or why always me or whatever. Everyone will get the rub of the green in certain cases where maybe your player is fine, the other is not. Or sometimes, uh, you know, it will be your player, which is totally okay. Just go with it. All I would say is engaged managers at this stage, like the ones listening to this, watching this video, will always actually be a step ahead, despite the fact that you may think that you're, you know, against the luck. Uh, as an example, Ronaldo has a, had about 200,000 transfers in last week. Um, this was just before we found out that the United-Brentford game is postponed. But the engaged managers like us actually were on Twitter. They read tweets that, you know, it could be postponed. So they held back. So, you know, just continue to be engaged in, in information. The, the one tip that I have that I implemented as well this week is try to, and I'm not even talking about vice-captaining from a different game. Again, that's too obvious. Of course, don't vice-captain from the same game. I'm actually saying try to vice-captain the game that is closest to you. So last night what I did was I vice-captained Foden, not because I thought Foden was the second best option that I had. Probably it was Jota or maybe even Bowen. Mm. But I thought Foden is, is playing. There were enough credible leaks that he will be in the starting lineup. That game is definitely happening. So those are some of the things that I would tend to look at um, when, I, when I navigate this period. The one other update I wanted to give is today the Premier League has announced that they will, or not announced officially, but it, you know, we understand that they will not just postpone games as they have done in the past couple of weeks. They will try to make, make, make sure that they go on. Now, mm. the backdrop to this is COVID is only getting worse. Um, what, what this means is you'll just get unexpected players missing out of matches. So not the match being postponed itself. So I don't think the problem itself is resolved. 
we just need to be more, you know mindful of the fact that um, you could have surprises down the line so that those, those are a few thoughts for me bruno what do you think yeah um i think some really good points that you made there um first of all don't beat yourself uh too much if, if your player gets covid don't feel like you're out of luck uh i generally think that over a season over 38 game weeks luck averages out so some weeks you'll be uh on the good side of it some some weeks on the on the bad side of it and uh, yeah for me personally um I, being on twitter as well there's a lot of rumors and a lot of speculation and all and i try to um, hide the noise a bit uh dim it down and following reputable accounts not necessarily just from fbl um sources but also those um related to teams like for for example for man united is samuel lakers who's who's from manchester evening news um so there's some very reputable uh, journalists out there who cover each team some definitely from from the athletic um uh journalists that that we have those are the the ones that i, I would try to follow and, and get some news from uh and uh yeah fpl wise i think Probably the best advice I can give is whatever you can, just save a transfer. Because once, uh, if any of your players is hit with COVID or any teams, you will get that that safety of, of an extra transfer to to navigate it better. And uh, thirdly, would be to diversify your assets. I mean, we've seen with United, if you had three United players, it must have been very difficult to um, go through uh, the previous game week. I mean, this game week. Uh, not knowing what to do, uh, especially with uh, one game postponed and the second one not really sure what's going to happen there. So yeah, the best for your assets don't triple up as much as you can. Try not to. And yeah, uh, yeah, this three for me. Triple up one is a good advice. I mean, I think what can you do with Liverpool assets? Uh, of course, you you will triple up, but for others maybe they can be avoided. Just to, before we get to you, uh, Sonaldo, a couple of couple of comments. In the chat, mm -hmm. uh, so they were they were reacting to my Ronaldo out. So actually, what I was what I was saying was, when he when he scored against Crystal uh, against Norwich, people got him in, then not realizing that the Brentford game was off. As of now, we don't know if the Brighton game is on. Yeah. We think it is because a lot of people have commented in the chat, rightly so, that he was seen in training today. So as long as the Brighton game is on, I'd expect Ronaldo to start. So that was number one. Another comment by John in the chat. That there is a conference by Boris Johnson this evening. Mm. You never know what happens. Absolutely correct. I mean, we have to also. It's not just a sports comment. It's it's a wider comment uh, on how things are shaping up. I mean, you cannot even rule out, um, you know, fans maybe not coming to the games anymore, or the games themselves, or the Premier League themselves maybe preponing or bringing forward the the winter break. So all of that is open. Uh, I guess all you can do is follow the news. Yeah, I, I think uh, you guys put it really well. I mean, I, I'm not going to add too much to it because I, I think a lot of our viewers, and again, thank you so much for joining today. Um, you know, they're very well aware of what's going on and, and you know, so a lot of top managers, you know, in our viewership as well. So I think the one thing I will say is what I've been seeing in, in the comments on Twitter is, Things about how this game is luck now. There's too much, you know, variance and unexpected this and that. But, you know, this is part of the game, right? I, I wouldn't beat yourself too much, even if you're on a red arrow or, or you're, you know, six of your players are out, five of your players out. It's just out of your control. So um, one thing about FPL is trying to adapt and, and kind of, you know, uh, you know, conquer situations. So hopefully there's more uh, better news and, and more consistent 
games with less postponements moving forward. But thank you guys again for joining us. So let's get into the uh, crux of today's topics. So what do we have today is buy, hold, or sell. So we're not going to do the obvious players, and you know, such as Salah and, and, and Jota and this and that. But what we'll do is kind of... Uh, go through a couple of you know 20 different players from defenders midfielders and strikers maybe not so much in debt but just have a conversation and, and see where we're at I think that when it comes to these players you could create a qualitative you know checklist like there's things like minutes uh, ability threat uh, price fixtures uh, and other con- contextual stuff uh, according to how your team is structured. But in the end, um, you know, it, it really depends on your, the situation of your team. So uh, it's more of a conversation if, uh, if you guys agree with me here. Um, so first things first, I, I put up the fixture ticker. Um, Pross uh, and I discussed that we kind of like to look at about eight um, you know, fixtures as a good indication of medium to long term. Um, so what we see here from game week 18 to 25 is those black boxes in 24-25. So it seems like an eternity away, but uh, it's always something that you should keep in the back of your mind because we do not have unlimited transfers. So where are those black boxes right now? Chelsea in game week 24-25, uh, Brighton in game week 24 and Arsenal in game week 25 all have a blank fixture there. Pros, uh, this means that they're not going to have a fixture during that time, right? Yeah, I mean, this is as of now, right? Mm. I mean, there's a lot of fixtures that need to be moved as well um, because of these postponements. So I think the longer term, what happens in the winter break, all of that is a little bit open, I would say. But what we definitely know is, for example, Chelsea's um, blanks will happen as long as, uh, and a point made by by Richie, uh, actually, who was on the chat, um, that uh, you 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 just never know. Maybe they may they postpone that tournament as well. There was some talk this morning of the Afcon getting postponed. That is actually turned out to be fake news. It is not getting postponed. But you just never know in the times we live in that mm. they may just decide that maybe it's not a good idea to have eight teams from around the world meeting together and playing playing football. Mm. Okay, yeah, and and you know at the top of the fixture ticker you see Arsenal, Aston Villa, Brentford, Brighton. At the bottom you see Tottenham, Watford, West Ham, Wolves. So this is kind of an overall of attack and defense put together. But when I did the again, this is on FF Scout. So uh, for for those who want to see a more detailed fixture ticker, you can mess around with it on FF Scout. Um, but when I you know did the attack and when I did the defense, there was not there was minimal difference. So I think overall is a good indication of whether you're looking at attacking or defensive assets in terms of surface level fixture ticker uh bruno is there any uh, fixtures that stand out to you here um i don't think you sorted out the, the ticker when when putting the visual but yeah mm. um i think at the top at the moment for for me um the team that i want to look into is, is everton i mean they're awful awful at the moment defensively but offensively i think with the fixtures uh turning green um uh, I, I want to get sure. one of the strikers. Uh, um, yeah. Go ahead. Um, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So I'm, I'm looking at Gray at the moment uh, as, as uh, a buy-in into that team. And uh, yeah, if anything wrong happens to any of my midfielders, he would be possibly someone uh, getting in. Plus, any teams that that um, that you like? I, I need to apologize. I think it was in alphabetical order. My apologies. Thank you for pointing it out in the in the 
uh, in the I'm getting it done. I'm getting mm. it up. Mm. Don't worry. Um, so we're we're looking at let's say the next eight weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sort by difficulty. All right. So you have Everton on top. Uh, then West Ham, Man United, and Watford. These are the four teams to target. Um, obviously, Everton, uh, once they're done with um, the, the Chelsea game, they go on an amazing run. Whether you want to invest in Everton or not remains a question, uh, given all the issues that they've had. I mean, where would you go if DCL isn't around, Richarlison is injured, uh, Gray hasn't put up great underlying. So Everton, not a fan, even though they're top of the ticker. Uh, the next is West Ham. I think we've talked about Bowen and Antonio a lot. Um, so very interesting for all FPL managers and where they go. They have a run of Norwich, Southampton, Watford, Crystal Palace, Leeds. Absolutely amazing. Um, so really hoping that an attacking double up or even if you have one uh, works out. Then you have Man United, um, you know, after Brighton. So if, if Brighton happens, they have Newcastle, Burnley, Wolves, Aston Villa, potentially a double game week once the Brentford game is rearranged. So very, very interesting in Man United. One of the reasons I... Uh, downgraded Ronaldo, but kept the money. So I didn't distribute it in midfield was because I actually definitely see myself going back to Ronaldo. Mm -hmm. So Man United is third. Then you have Watford. Um, We've talked about King and Dennis. Some people have actually doubled up on King and Dennis because, you know, they're cheap and, you know, there's not a lot of forwards at this stage. So these are the guys that have the the fixtures. Arsenal is fifth. Arsenal is is, is doing fine, uh, decent games. They have Leeds in Norwich coming up. And one of the strikers... Uh, that has emerged is somebody who we will talk about um, as we look at our buy-sell hold. Um, one of the questions in chat is DCL. We don't yet know. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we've heard that he's, he's imminently coming back, but you just never know with, with semi-long-term injuries on how, they, how much time they take. I mean, you've seen with Lukaku, right? Even though he has actually returned uh, two, three weeks ago, he's barely starting. So it's, it's hard to say. I think for the moment, you can't plan for a DCL return. Mm-hmm. At the bottom of this... Uh, ticker, I see Chelsea, Brighton, Brentford, and Leicester. So these are the bottom four. I mean, one one word of caution on Chelsea. A lot of people look at fixtures and, and, and you know, these fixtures are obviously based on the opponent, but you also have to look at who the team is. So for Norwich, everything should be a red. For Chelsea, Liverpool, Man City, everything should be a blue or a, or a light blue because they're just better teams than anybody else. Uh, and especially if you consider Chelsea's defense, I mean, these guys keep clean sheets against Man City. From you know, that's the that's the apex of uh, defensive capability. I, I obviously caveat the fact that their midfield is is currently decimated with with injuries. Um, you know, Chilwell is a big miss. Alonso isn't the same. So, putting all those things aside, I wouldn't worry too much about Chelsea's fixtures. Brighton, yes, one to one to worry about. Brentford, I think we already knew this. They had their good run earlier. Um, so that's a little bit on fixtures. The reason we're showing this is as we talk about the 20 players, uh, we will try to use fixtures as a barometer in addition to anything else that we see, nailedness, how they're doing in statistics uh, more recently. And last word from me on what, you know why we're doing this as a topic today. We're in the middle of a game week, right? We're not going to talk about big topics when there's still seven, uh, seven matches to happen in this particular game week. So we thought it's a good um, you know, checkpoint where we just look at a few players and we we talk them out on who who we like, who we don't like, who's worth monitoring or not. So mm. I, I leave it to you guys to then start discussing the names. No, perfectly put. Um, okay, so we begin with uh, some defenders. Uh, we have Marcus Alonso, Livermento, um, Dalot, 
Regulon, Robertson, Reese James, and uh, one of my favorites, and Matty Cash. Um, so we have some great, great guys to discuss. Um, so I guess we could go through them kind of individually, not not go too much in debt, um, and then sort of uh, maybe come to a conclusion on what what we should do with him. Uh, why don't we start with the Chelsea boys and in, in uh, Marcus Alonso and Reese James? Um, Pross, take us away. Um, so my view is the double up is uh, I was talking to Ted earlier on Monday as well. I think the double up is is somewhat coming to an end yep. simply because of um, the fact that they've not looked as great. Uh, a lot of cheap um, uh, options are emerging in defense, which we'll talk about as a broader set of where we see the defense going. I think Reese James is perfectly good as a hold. There's no reason to sell him whatsoever. Not only because of the team value that's in that's people have in him. I think he's still super attacking. He's had a little bit of drop in form. Uh, Zoff was mentioning this on the wire earlier that, you know, he's still a young guy uh, who's now playing a lot of matches thick and fast. So this is expected. But the fact that Chelsea are expected to win, um, you know, most of their games, he's an attacking fullback. I would definitely hold Reese James. Uh, I don't think it's, it's, it's a question of buy for him. Most people own him. So for me, Reese James is a buy. For me, Alonso is a, is a sell, but not an urgent sell. You could look to move him on as you have better clarity on the double game weeks, for example. But what do you think, Bruno? Yeah, I think uh, I'm with you on the develop. I don't think uh, it's really as viable as it was possibly, um, what was it, five game weeks ago? Games moved too fast. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Rhys James. <laughs> yeah, Rhys James. Um, He's been less involved with Chelsea at the moment. I'm not sure why. I think possibly because of the the midfield as well. Um, Ruben Loftus cheek is not um, as good as as someone like Kante, obviously. And uh, yeah, recycling the ball looks a bit more difficult as well. And with the change of personnel in front, with uh, Werner coming in, sometimes Yesh, sometimes Mount. Uh, I think he needs some time to build that. At chemistry as well, and uh, yeah, I think uh, it's it's an it's a hole for me at the moment, Chris James, uh, until possibly game week. Uh, what is it? Game week uh, twenty one when they, they they play against Liverpool. But even then, as we've seen from last season, uh, the big teams against the bigger teams as well, they they they, they perform defensively. So yeah, there's no rush um, to to move in any any defenders from my point of view. What about you? Uh, yeah, I think it's very simple. I I, I think um, the the double up in defense has not been working. I know people are very upset with Reese James, uh, especially because they brought him in after his hauls. Um, I'm one of the lucky ones to have him prior, so I I think that pain is less uh, lingering. Um, but I, I definitely want to keep Reese James. I want to move Alonso on. I'm looking at the next three fixtures before they face Liverpool. I I, I do think Marcos Alonso. Uh, you know, the, the the double up might pay, pay off, right? But the thing I'm thinking about is to create funds elsewhere and to go light in the back now and have just three solid defenders in uh, Reese James, uh, TAA, as well as Cancelo, and possibly have Dalo and a, you know, 4.0, 4.4, um, such as Ben Davis. So I, I do like the idea of moving cash. Um, so it's just a team structure thing. Um why don't we talk about your Manchester United boy, uh, Dalo? One, because... one last thing on, uh, on mm-hmm. Chelsea. Sorry. Uh, the next three opponents, they may not look as um, you know as easy, but actually Wolves, Aston Villa and Brighton all have struggled for goals. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if they get 
two clean sheets there. So, uh, you know, don't lose heart if you have a double up and you'd like to keep it because team structure is obviously very team dependent. If you're not interested in a double city mid or an Antonio, then you can equally very happily keep Alonso. So for those that are on it, don't get disheartened. Wolves, Aston Villa, Brighton are actually fine um, for, for, you know, Good, they're, they're good defensive fixtures. Yeah, and, and especially the Wolves one. Uh, I, Wolves are just struggling to score, so I, I do see a very like a you know super easy clean sheet here. But uh, again, you can never guarantee anything, so I'd be excited to hold them for that game. Um, yeah, I would like to talk about Manchester United because both of you guys are huge Manchester United fans, and uh, uh, you know, uh, Pross, you brought in Dalo, right? So um, yeah, I, I, let's start with Bruno. Bruno, can you break down yeah. what you see in um, Dalo? Yeah, um, I don't know if Pras agrees with, with me, but to me personally, he's his first choice for uh, Ragnik in that system. It's not just about uh, how he he plays every game. I think uh, it's it's more about uh, his his strengths as well. Uh, so previously under Oli, um, we had Aaron Wan-Bissaka playing on the right, and United uh, under Oli used to progress the ball through the fullbacks. And uh, under Ralph, and, and that's actually something that Arman Saka is, is relatively good at, carrying the ball, running forward as well. But um, under Ralph, it's it's a different role for, for the fullback. So what they do is is they stretch the play. In the first phase of build-up, they will pin the, the wingers white uh, so that that frees up the space in the centre. That's where United want to build up from. So they want to reach um, the players in the centre. So, um, so really... We don't really need Anwar Saka as much in the first phase of build-up, and uh, in the last phases of play as well. As you can, uh, if, if you watch the games, you would see that United are quite lopsided towards the left. So Bruno will be roaming around a lot and moving to the left, and that leaves one player on the right, uh, which is Dalo alone. And Dalo, with his uh, dribbling ability and his crossing ability, with both left and right foot. Can really handle that 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 space on his own, and uh, if you compare that to Aaron Wan Bissaka, if you leave him alone there, one would care really. So um, yeah, so for that reason, I I feel like Daru is his first choice. That's it. There will be possibly one game there where Aaron Bissaka will get another chance to prove himself. He did get that against Young Boys, and he failed miserably. Um, if if anyone watched that game, he was clueless. He didn't really know what to do. So. Um, but I do feel like uh, Ralph has to give him another another shot. So, yeah, one of these games, he will get a, a chance to play. Uh, Pras? Yeah, fair enough. I, I agree with you. Uh, so nothing nothing more to add. My only caution with, with Dalo is um, he... Well, two things on Dalo. Uh, he should, he's the preferred choice, not the first choice. Uh, so what that means is... It takes one bad game and then, you know, Van Bissaka comes in. And then if Van Bissaka takes his opportunity, then then you're a little bit stuck. But mm. for now, for 4.5 million, uh, you have a guy who will probably have a double game week coming up soon. He frees up funds for you to go big uh, up front or in, in midfield. So for me, yeah, he's definitely a buy uh, if your structure allows. And the second point on on uh, on uh, Dallo is that he'll re- he won't really come on. Right. I mean, if a lot of people, for example, say Reese James always cameos, um, Jota always cameos. So we don't really like that because if somebody, you know, you don't really have the auto sub option with Dalo, you'll, you'll probably have it because Aaron Van Bissaka will play 90 minutes. He's a fit guy. 
Um, so whenever he will get a rest, he'll probably miss out. So for those for those two reasons, I like him a lot. Mm. Yeah, I think uh, one last point before we move uh, possibly to the next player. Um, I know as well that uh, Dalo defensively not, is not as good as Arman Saka. And whenever a player is dribbling towards him, you'll see him back off and not really attack the player. And and soon enough, the player will be in the box. And, and if you tackle him there, there's a pen right. So that's that's somewhere where Dalo has to improve. But honestly, I feel like the system that we're playing at the moment, we don't really need a strong defender on the right. Um, it's it's similar to Liverpool with Trent. As you can see, Trent is not really great defensively, but he doesn't well, need the to be Liverpool really. fans will come after you, but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You don't really need to be as defensively solid um, to play the fullback positions. The system itself is 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 the defender, and the system itself is the playmaker uh, for in dig and pressing. So yeah, um, I'm quite bullish on Dalo. I think he'll he'll do quite well. Nice. So we'll agree here that uh, Dalo at the, at his price point is a buy. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Okay, uh, I know you guys are debating about Robertson, so I want to get in there uh, because. Uh, Pross, you have an argument for Robertson, I believe, and and Bruno. Well, uh, uh-huh. uh, you know, when we were debate, when we were making this list, uh-huh. and, and I included Robertson, there, there was a little bit of, of course, not Robertson, right? So I yeah. just wanted to give a little, a, a, a little um, reason why Robertson should be considered. I mean, two years ago, he was the go-to double up for Liverpool, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we had no Jota, and Mane was always expensive, like he is this season, and you wanted to tap into the Liverpool defense this year. This has changed because Cancelo is, is, is more nailed and you have James as the other option. But when you have the Chelsea blanks, it also coincides with the time when Firmino is back, uh, AFCON would have finished. So we're not going to have Jota forever in our teams. I mean, some people may, may be happy to do that. He, he's, he probably starts two in three games, so maybe that's fine. But there will come a point where people will start looking at um, you know, a downgrade for Jota and then the question becomes, do you want Robertson, James, or, or, or Cancelo? Now, I think sitting here today, because of the price, those two guys, the other two guys are still better. But over the last six game weeks, no attack, no defender has had more big chances than Robertson. Hmm. So I'm just saying, let's not forget about Robertson as, as an FPL asset. If there was no Salah at Liverpool uh, and there was no big option that, that we could have in attack, I think a lot of people would double up or have a four at the back to include Robertson. So I think he's just a worth, worth somebody to monitor. Uh, his place is there to stay uh, as nailed as it gets. Liverpool's defensive numbers are actually looking better than what they did previously. So, um, uh, you know, it's it's something to keep in mind. Yeah, it seems like uh, in the beginning of the season, he was really struggling and um, people were giving him kind of slack for it. But the last two games, he's he's shown his form again and, um, a lot of times what I'm seeing with Liverpool is sometimes they'll kind of cluster to the right and leave Robertson on an island on the left. And that's where he really excels. But uh, they did that plan, or Klopp did that plan one or two games earlier in the season, but he struggled to get those crosses in. But I, I think now with, with the form picking up, he could be a very dangerous differential. Of course, his price point is very high. So uh, with Jota, Salah, and TAA, it may be impossible or difficult to bring him in for now, but uh, definitely someone to keep an eye out for. Um, yeah, let's move on to the last three players. We can start with uh, Regulon. Um Bruno, you want to start here? I, I think for me, uh, it, it's a tough call because of his price point. But uh, what do you think? Yeah, I think I agree as well. Um, at the moment, uh, I think like you said earlier as well, we want to kind of shift the money from defense to midfield. 
and uh, Region is what 4.2 at the moment. Quite a bit expensive. Uh, I still prefer um, someone like actually um, Dalo or, or these uh, 4.3 million players to him. Um, he does get chances. And then there's, uh, there is uh, the double game week coming up for Tottenham as well. So um, I think if you have him, you possibly keep him right now. I mean, after the Liverpool game, they have Crystal Palace, Southampton and Watford. There's going to be goals there for, for uh, Tottenham. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the score sheet. Definitely looking at how Tottenham play, the fullbacks, uh, the Conte as well, uh, the fullbacks will get active. So if you have him, hold him. But um, I wouldn't go by uh, buying him at the moment. That's what I can say. What do you think, Chris? Uh, I like Regulon a lot, uh, to be honest. I mean, I think uh, his attacking numbers are outstanding. For me, he's the the best pick from Spurs. Uh, I would go as far as uh, to say <laughs> wow. that. So, if if you have, um, let's say they have a double game week, right? And and there's one, there's only one place you want to get for, uh, you know, for Spurs coverage for the double game week. I think because of the price, uh, you won't, you probably won't be able to go to Sun or Kane. I mean, you could, but let's say you have Ronaldo and uh, and Salah already. Uh, it'll be tough to get to Kane or, 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 you know, to sell one of them. So then it comes down to who, where there is value. His attacking numbers are actually insane. Um, we have limited data, but it comes down to price. So I think we're 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 saying he's not he's not a great asset because he's a little bit more expensive and it's hard to fit him into the team. But I think if we keep the price out of it and we started to make a game week one wildcard team, um, and there was no. You know, Trent was still six million. I think there's space for Regulion. So, let's say in 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 six week, game weeks time, if if James is off, a um, couple of blanks, I think he's he's the guy who I'd probably prioritize to get in um, as as the attacking fullback for those couple of weeks or three weeks where um, potentially Spurs could also have a double. So for me, I agree with you guys that he's not a buy now, but I'm very very interested in Regulion because of his role. One of the reasons I personally went Davis in my team is because what Spurs do is um, on they firstly they attack a lot from the left and when they do attack from the left Davis actually um, goes and takes the, the the wide side so he's the one putting in the crosses and Regilion actually comes into the box to receive those crosses a lot of times you would have seen this um, when the ball does come in you see him Kane and Son and Mora in the box those four so that's exciting right I mean you get somebody as as in as the attacking threat of 5.5.2 million or whatever he is. Um, and lastly, it's a Conte team. So defensively, they're getting much better. I think before this break, they had two clean sheets on the bounce. Um, I'm very interested in Regulion. Look, I, I think there there's a... I'm going to counter this a little bit because when when Sessegnon came in for Regulon, um, what actually happened was the reverse. So Sessegnon would kind of push out wide and you'd see Ben Davis make the, the inside runs and get, to, get into the box. And you can see this from the heat map. And, um, you know, this was evident in his 15-point haul, right? So uh, I, I really think your Ben Davis t- pick was a great pick at that time. It just, you know, everything came together. So... Obviously, being a big Sun fan, I've watched a lot of Spurs, you know, over the years. And, um, you know, I've talked to Baker as well, who um, shout out to Baker if he's in here. Um, And I really struggled with Regulon over the years, uh, especially this past year, because he's a Real Madrid product. And, you know, our expectations of him is high. He's really fast. You know, he's 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 dangerous with the ball. But 
as someone who's viewed a lot of Spurs games, his finishing product has always been not so great. You know, what I mean by that is his crossing is quite weak, in my opinion, and uh, something about him was frustrating. Uh, but I will say this, since Conte has come in, he's definitely sparked something in, inside of Regulon, and um, I do believe that moving forward, he could potentially be a tremendous asset, especially with United and Spurs having that double game week coming up soon. So I agree with you here. He's not a buy right now, but uh, could be a steal soon. Um, so let's move on to the last two players. Livermento, someone we all have in our teams or a lot of people have in, in our teams. Um, Pross, what do you think about what to do with Livermento? Yeah, let's move on. <laughs> I mean, there's enough options there now. I mean, his time is up. Uh, they they have no goalkeeper. We don't. I I personally don't need to spend time on Livermento. I, yeah. I wanted to include him in the list because everyone has him. Yeah. But if you get the time and you can reshape the team, you have that luxury transfer. I think he's he can he can be sold. Yeah, I agree with you here. I I'm one of those guys that had Livermento for such a long period, and I never never got him off my bench. So my hit ratio is zero percent. So not a big fan. But uh, Kishov, same thing, Bruno. Same thing, same thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, let's get to our main guy today in the defender section. It's Matty Cash. Uh, I'm a big fan of Matty Cash. And I spoke to a friend, Naif, who uh, yesterday watched the Aston Villa game. And he didn't watch the Aston Villa game for the Aston Villa game. He watched it for Matty Cash. So uh, he gave me a a tremendous breakdown. And uh, basically, he was saying that Matty Cash was the main threat for Villa in attack in the first 30 minutes uh, of uh, of the previous game. He was uh, providing a lot of good crosses as well as a lot of good in, uh, overlapping runs with Buendia on, on his side. So a very, very attacking player and one of the focal attacking points for Aston Villa. Aston Villa's fixtures moving forward are so-so. They're, they're a mixed bag. But, um, you know, as as much as I want this guy, his price point is really iffy. So, yeah, what do you guys think, Bruno and Pross, on, on cash? No, you want to go yeah. first? Yeah, yeah, Matty Cash has been on my radar for, I think, ever since uh, Steven Gerrard came in. Uh, and the reason why uh, he looks so good is because um, Gerrard, he plays a 4-3-3, which is quite narrow. So the wingers will, will tuck in and, and be sort of like inside forwards. And that would leave uh, space for the wing, uh, for the for the fullbacks to push on and, and create the, the width from there and, and get crosses and get shots as well. And we've seen that with, with uh, Matty Cash, he gets into the box quite a bit, gets shots, gets into good positions, good score, goal-scoring positions. The only issue is, uh, can he score? And <laughs> to me, that's where uh, I'm a bit hesitant. Uh, Matty Cash only scored one goal for Aston Villa so far. And uh, yeah, by the looks of it, I'm not that confident when he, when he gets a chance. That's why I can tell you. I'm not that confident that he's going to score, but yeah, I think he's a, he's a good uh, punt regardless, especially with the fixtures coming up. Um, Andy, so uh, press. Yeah, I, look, I agree with you. He looks very exciting. I think Gerard has started with the same philosophy that he had at Rangers, which is defense first uh, and you know attack through the wing backs. So cash looks great. I mean, target will rotate with young. And so it, if you're going for a defender, I think uh, cash is the guy to go for. Um, but Sonaldo made the excellent point that it's the price, right? I mean, ultimately, when we do buy, sell, hold, you have to look at the opportunity cost of the player. It's not just the yeah. actual cost. And the opportunity cost of going for a 5 million uh, defender 
is basically who are you going to sacrifice? Is it the cheaper guys who we talked about, like Davis, Dalo, um, even uh, you know Johnson if he's fit and nailed, versus then the bigger guys like Cancelo, James, or Trent? So there's not we don't have unlimited spots, but in isolation, I think he's a very good pick if somebody wanted to back Aston Villa um, defense, which is not a bad thing to do. I think that's he's 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 a he's a buy. But for me, and most people who are on a similar template-ish, three premium plus, or, or a fourth premium plus one cheap, it's hard to fit him in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so I think uh, we agree that uh, Cash is sort of a just wait-and-watch type of player. Uh, possibly he picks, some, picks up some great form. And before we move to the mid, I want to... Uh, congratulate you, Pros, uh, because we got our first ever super chat from uh, from Matt. And uh, Matt, thank you so much. Uh, love all you boys. I uh, love you too. And he says, Bench, Mbumo, Alonzo, James, or Trent. Uh, so it's either Bench, Mbumo, or one of the three. Personally, I would never bench the three below over Mbumo. Um, what do you think, Pros? 100%. Never bench the premium defenders. They can get you points both sides of the pitch. Mm. Fantastic. Um, okay, so let's move on to five players in the midfield section. Um, we've got uh, Sonny, also known as Sonaldo, uh, Mason Mount. We've got uh, the two city boys, as well as uh, the FPL darling in Connor Gallagher. So uh, let's begin with uh, Sonny. Um, what do we do with Sonny? We have a double game week coming up. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going to say he's an instant buy no matter what, and I'm looking forward to buying him as soon as possible. Um, before this COVID thing, I-, I keep saying this, but once Sun picks up form, he's a dangerous player and a consistent guy. I mean, over the five years, he's consistently delivered over the season, and this is what he does. He he blanks for a couple games, and then he goes on, on hot form runs. Obviously, we don't know how the COVID situation is going to avoid them, but for me, I think this is a break, you know, like uh, when you travel as much as Sun does with Korea and, and going to, for the International World Cup qualifiers and, and playing 90 minutes at pretty much every game, you're going to burn out. Uh, you, you, these guys are humans in the end, right? So I view this as an unfortunate but also fortunate situation when when he's getting the rest he needs. So uh, I, I see uh, Sun as an opportunity here moving forward. Um about him, I there's not not much to say, but the fact that he's a baller. Um, so without my biased opinion, what do you guys think about? Just don't Sun? listen to Ronaldo on Sun. That's the one thing you can zone out. <laughs> uh, look, I, I agree with everything you're saying, but again, opportunity cost. Who are you going to sell um, to get uh, Sun? And uh, while Spurs look fine, uh, I think his stats were nothing great. I mean, I, we go back to the debate of Sun versus oh, Kane no, no, no. Uh, versus those three fixtures. <laughs> Sun had worse stats than Kane. Came out with, of course, a lot of points, which I was thankful for. But to be honest, even if the Spurs game wasn't postponed, I would have um, I would have um, sold Sun because I, I, I didn't see that spark of a 10 million type premium. Of course, he's a great pre- f- player, great finisher. All of that is, is, is given, but so is KDB, so is Mane. Um, we, but there's no space. Bruno, what do you think? Yeah, I think uh, one thing that changed recently with uh, Sun, the, the biggest problem with Sun was his price point, right? At 10 million, um, it's quite awkward to, to go there and the, there wasn't really any options, but now there is with, with Sterling and uh, Marcus Rashford as well getting into the picture. So I think uh, players who, uh, if your managers who have him, 
that can be an easy switch to someone like Sterling, who uh, I believe was rested uh, yesterday and will most likely start the next game against, uh, is it Newcastle, I think. So, yeah, I think there's an easy switch there. I mean, uh, Spurs play Liverpool next. Don't expect much there from Sun. Uh, and uh, I know Andy's not going to like this. So, yeah, for me, he's, he's an easy start at the moment until uh, we see more from Spurs strikers. I, I agree with you, Pras. I think the best player to get from Spurs at the moment is Reguillon. And if there's double game week, I want to captain Reguillon, to be honest, because of the kinship potential as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Pras, by the way, uh, uh, you know, I know Bruno for a while now, and uh, he's quite the maverick manager at times. So I like his style of play. Um, but yeah, I like how you attack the upside there. Um, so not not much more on Sun. Um Let's go to Mason Mount. Uh, Mason Mount, one of those players that, you know, one game he'll he'll have, you know, one goal, one assist, maybe two goals, uh, you know, just hauls, and then he'll go blank for a while. And it's just a, at times a frustrating own, but right now he's delivering. Right now he's proving uh, player uh, people like me wrong. And uh, uh, maybe we should be looking at a guy like Mason Mount because I think, uh, I think it was Tuchel that came out and said that their plan B or something like their plan B is to go to Mason Mount. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, but um, what, do you, what do you think? I mean, there's a lot of attacking players for Chelsea too. So, you know, first of all, is he nailed? Because minutes is very important in, in FPL as well. But what are your thoughts here, Pross? Um, I think Mount is a great pick. Uh, this will come up in all the midfielder discussions that we're talking about. The only issue is how do you fit him in? I mean, right now we have five slots. Um, a lot of people have a Brownhill or a Gilmore or, you know, somebody simply because they play versus a 4.4 striker that doesn't play. But even despite that, I mean, you have Salah Jota, you have one midfielder from City minimum, you have Bowen, you have, um, who am I forgetting? Uh, Rafinha potentially. Yep, yep. And um, it, there's just so, so many, many options. But I think, yeah, I think Mount is, is a very good option. He, he's, he's showing the... Um, the consistency that he lacked early season. I mean, seasons past, he's shown the fact that he can be on it, but it's a new manager, uh, reasonably new manager, where you want to see how he fits in with Lukaku in the team. I think he's the nailed guy as as the one who flanks, whether uh, the, on the other side it's Havertz or, or Werner remains to be seen, but he will be the guy who will continue to score points. Um, whether he gets as much as a second city mid or a Jota remains to be seen. But this 7 to 8 million is such an exciting price point in FPL, right? I mean, even in the strikers now, you have Watkins, Antonio emerging in midfield. You have a ton of these options emerging. I, we didn't talk about Gallagher, which we will in a second as well. He's another midfielder who's emerging, not for that price, but midfield is packed. And I think there's like eight or nine great options, which uh, you couldn't go wrong with any of them. The only reason why I would say hold on Mount um, is simply that um, you know he's uh, they 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 could potentially have blanks. Their easier fixtures are coming to an end. So after the next three, so remember when we talked about the Chelsea defenders, we said it's it's maybe not a bad time to hold them because um, Wolves, Villa, and Brighton are good defensive fixtures. Actually, they're not great attacking fixtures mm. because Wolves, Aston Villa, and Brighton are all three good defenses, and then they play Liverpool and Man City and Tottenham. Mm. So from an attacking point of view, this was one of the reasons last week I had the option of going Ronaldo to Lukaku um, just for a one one or two week punt. 
but I went for Watkins instead, simply because I don't like, uh, you know, Wolves and Aston Villa as, as fixtures that I want to target. Yeah, as you mentioned, you know, they have six fixtures, Chelsea, and then uh, right now it's blank in 24-25, and looks like it's going to be a blank because of the the Club World Club, uh, if, if I'm uh, not mistaken. And yes, they have Liverpool-Man City in four game weeks, so I don't think he's a buy, but if you have him, I guess you hold him. Um, Bruno, you want to add anything on, on Mount? If not, I want you to take it away when it comes to Conor Gallagher, because uh fpl bruno was uh keen on get gallagher from like game week two or three or very very early on and he uh maybe i shouldn't say this but made a made a bold statement can i say this bruno he made say it say it say he, he made a bold statement well. fpl bruno and around that time he said in this season we're gonna see Connor gallagher outscore rafinha um so why why Connor gallagher go ahead yeah so um I mean, he's reverting back to how he was playing around that time, game three-ish, where he was playing uh, central attacking midfielder, and that's where we want Conor Gallagher to be playing if we own him. And he gets into the box a lot. Um, he really wants to get shots in and, and get and be involved. And he looks like a, a really, really good player, to be honest. Uh, he's quite confident. And at the moment, he feels like he's the talisman for, for Pistol Palace. And... Uh, he gets on set pieces as well. I mean, everything about him to me screams by, especially at that price in the beginning of the season, it was at four point, I mean, 5.5. He looked like a really good player and a uh, talisman for Mr. Pass. And for me, uh, looked like a better player than Wilfred Zaha, even. Um, so, yeah, um, he will get points. Uh, he'll keep on getting points, especially with when he plays that central attacking midfielder position. This week he's playing Southampton, if I'm not mistaken. I wouldn't be surprised if he holds. And the fact that he's such a talismanic player, he gets crosses in, uh, shots in and all, he will get the bonus points. That's probably uh, one thing that um, some other players don't have is he will get uh, his uh, baseline BPS is, is quite high as well for, for Crystal Palace. So if he scores, he will hold. Uh, Pras? Agree with everything. I think he's a he's a very good pick. I think the most important point on Gallagher, and we've talked about it in our previous videos, but I'll just repeat it here, is basically the rest of the team. Um, it's it's not his fault. He's he himself is very attacking. He he comes into the box at the right time, has a great shot on him. Um, so everything about him is great. The only problem is the fact that MacArthur, when he got injured, it ruined the system where they had the three in midfield. When he got injured and uh, basically they got Koyate playing, they had him and they added Schlupp. So Schlupp was the guy who was the number, you know, the, the guy getting into the box and Gallagher was the guy who was more withdrawn. So as a result, you had a lot of people, you know, getting frustrated where he was, his heat map was terrible. I mean, he was basically around the halfway line. Um, and so it didn't work. It, nothing, nothing of his fault. But in the last game, when Schlupp wasn't playing and instead Hughes came in, that actually, again, freed him up to go forward. He, uses, he did a great job. So if I was to predict the future, I think Vieira will see the fact that Hughes was a much better player because he's defensively better than Gallagher and Gallagher is better than Schlupp in attack. So I think the ultimate solution could be that this is what stays. And if this is the case, then Gallagher remains an amazing option. But, you know, you'll always be up for a surprise 
if you see Schlupp in the team or also, mind you, Eze might move into the midfield as well. So if Eze comes back into the midfield, again, Gallagher, you can expect to have a more withdrawn game. The other thing about Hughes is when Hughes is, uh, comes in, he takes up all the set pieces. So the second goal that Palace scored was actually a corner, which, which Gallagher would have taken if Hughes wasn't on. So you'll either get Gallagher the attacker or Gallagher the <laughs> set piece taker. Um, so you'd rather have Gallagher the, the attacker because he can get you a 15-point haul. Um, so I think I think he's a he's a great pick, great great buy, definitely a hold for people that have it. Yeah, uh, well put there. I, I I mean, just a FPL aside, just a fantastic footballer with a bright future. So um, yeah, love love me some Connor Gallagher. Let's go to the Man City boys here. Um, you know, there's enough talk about Bernardo Silva and and uh, Foden, and you know we could talk about Sterling and this and that. But I think the two kind of hot guys that are emerging uh, or emerged and emerging is uh, Gundogan and KDB. Um, Gundogan, I sold him this week for Foden. And of course, he returns with two assists. Um, and I, this is this game yesterday was exactly why I brought him in from game week nine when he played against United. He was deployed. Actually, the game week nine versus United was a very similar tactical formation, I think, versus, uh, uh, with the game last night, because what they had was two uh, kind of false nine positions kind of going uh, attacking, you know, in turns. And that's what I that's what Gundogan was doing, I think, in around 12 or 11 or 13 when he hauled and then, uh, you know, injuries and this and that, uh, unfortunately, pu- pushed him more deeper. Um, but uh, you know, if you have him now, I, I think he's he's a decent hold to have. It's just the minutes that are always a worry with the City boys. Uh, in terms of KDB, how happy are you that he is back? You know, like what a performance last night. Um, you know, such a such a such a marvelous footballer. And uh, you know, it's unfortunate how expensive he is because I would not go there right now. But um, yeah, let's do a brief talk on the uh, on the two Man City boys. Uh, Pros, why don't you go ahead? Um. Look, I think my view on on between Gundogan, Foden, and Bernardo remains the same. That mm. I think for Foden, when fit, is the best out of the three, but he's also the most expensive. Between Bernardo and Gundogan, I think it comes down to minutes. Whoever you think will play more minutes is the better pick because I think both of them will, um, you know, will have decent amount of chances. They'll get into the box. So both excellent picks. So between these three guys, that's where that's where I stay. I've always held Foden since game week seven. And I continued even, even though he was injured. Because my view is you cannot just keep on switching. Cannot. I know Sonaldo did it this week. You can't just <laughs> keep switching between the Man City mids because of the guy who missed midweek. And now I think he'll haul this week. Because you're not even captaining them, right? So you might as well just ride it out. Um, so for example, people who have Bernardo now are thinking, oh, you know, he, he was subbed at halftime. Uh, maybe I should switch to a Sterling because Sterling was rested and he should be he should be amazing against Newcastle. I'm sure Sterling will do amazing against Newcastle, but then the week after, probably Bernardo will. So it might as well just hold it and ride it out with the one or two guys you have from the city mid. So for me, that's a separate discussion between Foden, Gundogan, Bernardo. And by the way, Grealish could be back in the discussion yeah, as well, yeah, given yeah. the price. Um, so that's where I stand on that bit. I think with De Bruyne, if you were living in a world where there was no Salah and captaincy was again an, uh, an option, um, they, you know, there was no Ronaldo. In a two premium setup, um, he's great value. I think, uh, or no, I shouldn't say great value, but he's a great pick because you know that he'll play more minutes now, now that he's back fit. My only problem is some of the things that Pep said after the game yesterday, 
So of course, all you know, all praise. De Bruyne is back. He, you know, his goals were great. He looked great. The thing was, what he said was, against teams like Leeds, he always tends to do well because they don't sit back. So he gets a little bit of space to run in, shoot, assist. Now, and he specifically said, when teams sit back, he struggles a little bit. So, you know, take from that what you will. But I don't think. Um, you know, with Bernardo's form, with Gundogan playing so well, he's not going to play every game. And for 12 million odd, I don't even know what his price is. That's how long it's been for me to have looked at uh, De Bruyne. Um, I don't, just don't think it's it's worth it. And, you know, in another world, if Sal- Salah goes to AFCON and they have great fixtures, you could punt on him for two weeks. But other than that, I don't see him as somebody who will come in, come in and shake up the template because you have other other guys at 8 million below that are um, that that are s- sort of doing the business as well. Bruno. Yeah, um, I I think I completely agree with what Fast just said. Just stick to whoever you have. Um, Gundogan. I mean, I mean, uh, KDB is almost twi- uh, two Bernardo Silva's or like uh, Bernardo Silva and Gundogan, so it's not really worth the price to be honest. And uh, I wouldn't read too much into the Leeds game. Um, the way City played yesterday was was quite unusual, and and it, playing against Leeds kind of demands that, especially with the fact that they play a man-to-man sort of a marking system. Uh, what uh, City did yesterday was just overload everywhere, wherever they could. They just kept running in and overloading, and and players kept switching positions, uh, which was quite an which again is is very unusual for for a City uh, team. If you look at the the uh, average positions yesterday there's like five players playing uh, uh, up front so yeah I wouldn't read too much into that game that's what I can say um, I think uh, the next game against Newcastle we might see a little bit more structure and possibly you will see players like uh, Bernardo Silva get those chances that he wasn't getting he was playing a bit deeper than the others today I mean yesterday so yeah uh, don't knee jerk into uh, after watching that game like I need to get KDB. I need to get those. Wait a bit. See how it's going. Uh, the next few games, and then and then make a decision from there. Yeah, it's just the thing about City guys is um, the 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 pie is big, but the pie is spread. So it's like how it's really hard to predict who's going to score. I mean, we had what seven goals yesterday, and how many goal scorers, right? So, um, you know, as a Foden owner, we're very excited, but. Uh, even then, you know, one one goal was not enough because it was so spread out. So it, it's a frustrating thing to own. I guess the the consensus here is that you, if you have Bilva, you know, don't panic and and don't move him on. Just keep him. But uh, can I ask you guys this? If you had, let's say, one of Bilva, Foden, or Gundogan, do you double up on the city midfield assets, Pros? Uh, depends on who you're giving up. So if you're, are you giving up um, Jota? Then no. Uh, if you're giving up Mount, then probably. If you're giving up Antonio, then probably no, because it's worth keeping Antonio for now. It's a very contextual question. Mm-hmm. In fact, I like in the chat, um, Kavish has asked us, each give your top four midfielders to have. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good way of putting it. So maybe maybe you want to do that? Yeah, for me, Salah, Jota, Bowen, and um, Foden. Quick one, because I agree. So what, what do you think? <laughs> Bruno? Yeah, I think uh, yeah, I think I think I will go the same. Bowen is, I mean, we're not really talking about him at the moment, but for me personally, he's he's the best player to get from West Ham. I don't really fancy Antonio at the moment a lot, so I think we'll get into that soon. Okay. Yeah, similar. 
Okay, we're nearing the hour mark. Before so you let, move on, uh-huh, sorry, so, sorry, Ronaldo. Just wanted to address a couple of other things that have come up on the chat. So Nehal asked uh, Alonso to Tomiyasu or Tierney. Uh, my issue with Tierney, and we didn't, didn't discuss Tierney in the beginning of this, is simply injury proneness. So I, I don't know how how much you can rely over the Christmas period of of the guy, but attacking wise, he's just amazing. I mean, he's such a great watch. Uh, I wish he was, um, you know, injury free. It's almost like how when we lived in the world where, uh, you know, Ings used to fire, but we were scared of him being injury prone. But he kept doing it every mm. every game. He's almost like that in in the category. But Tomiyasu is is interesting. He's a little bit more attacking than than Ben White. Um, if you want to go there, probably, and I would only advise you to go there if you don't have Ramsdale. I wouldn't double up on on the defense. Um, and then one other question I saw is Gallagher or Bowen. I think if there was a choice between the two, I would definitely go Bowen personally because of the fixtures. Uh, because after the next three, um, Gallagher's fixtures aren't great. Although you get these guys for a very, very long term. So it's not, there is no right or wrong answer here. But between the three, I, between the two, I would prefer Bowen. But uh, please carry on. Yes. Uh, thank you guys for the questions. And yeah, if you have more questions, I know Andrew Sell is asking a lot of questions, please do. And then maybe we can address it at the end to have a quick Q&A. Uh, but yeah, we are entering the hour mark. So we want to get through these eight players a little bit quicker this time. And it is the striker section. Um, so we'll start with, uh, uh, in order, Jamie Vardy. Um, Bruno, what do you think about Jamie, Jamie Vardy? Yeah, I think they're managing his minutes. So I think uh, at that price point, you don't really want to carry him to your bench. So just for that reason, he's not really a buy uh, sell for me. Hmm. And their fixtures are not that great either, right? So uh, yeah, definitely sell here. Antonio. Antonio is a very interesting one. I think part of the Antonio question goes to whether you have Bowen or not, because if you have Bowen, do you double up? If you don't have Bowen, who do you go for? Um, so uh, again, a little bit of a contextual uh, thing, but maybe we put it into isolation, right? R- regardless of whether you have Bowen or not, what do you think about Antonio? Because you com- you compare him and his price point to other striker options. The one that stands out right now is uh, Ollie Watkins, especially after his delivering yesterday. Um, I like Antonio as an option, but Pross, what do you think? Um, I'm growing tired of Antonio, to be honest. The thing is, uh, you know, he's, we've, I've had him from the beginning of the season and um, he's, he's done very well. And we've waited for these fixtures. And then against Burnley, I'm watching the game. The ball's going over his head from, uh, from the left. You know, this guy's crossing it. Uh, uh, sorry, from the right, Sufal is crossing it. Ben Rama is getting at the end of it. From the left, somebody else is crossing it, and Bowen's getting in. This guy's just st- standing in the box watching the game. I mean, <laughs> the frustration uh, he, he is fine. coming out. Yeah, um, it's you know I'm giving him two more weeks. Uh, now Arsenal isn't the best week to judge him. I think definitely give him Norwich. Remember, for those who had him, uh, four goals against Norwich from last season. Um, there is there is merit to keeping him, but you know the argument that we had on. Who else are we going to go for in attack? I think there are options now in attack. There's there's Ronaldo if you wanted to go to him. There's Watkins. There's King or Dennis. Yep. So it's not that we don't have any options anymore. Or you could basically downgrade him into a Lucadia and then get the fifth city mid or mount. So that that 7.7 to 8 million bracket is actually getting more crowded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you add to the fact that as Jimmy is saying on the chat, he will get a rest as well. I mean, how long is he going to continue playing? Um, you know, he was getting his rests in the whatever European league they're in, uh, the conference league. Um, 
or actually no they're in the Europa League I think West Ham fans will come for me they're in the Europa League um it's it's Spurs who are in the Conference League um so he was getting his rest in those midweek games but now it's the Premier League game so when is his next rest coming uh, is the question so I'm not trying to scare Monger I think he's very much a hold but for me in my team personally he is uh, he's maybe 2 3 games away from getting a kick mm. Bruno yeah, I think uh, I'm with you, Prasa, that I was done with him, I think, two, three games ago when I was just looking even ahead of his uh, good run of fixes. He hasn't really looked the same. Um, he's making his overlapping runs uh, outside, uh, wide, out, out wide, going uh, after the... Basically, basically, he's making a lot of overlapping runs instead uh, of being in the center of the pitch where you want him to be. Uh, and at the moment... He has, he's not really in good goal-scoring form as well. I mean, when was the last time he scored? I, I can't remember, honestly. Um, game week nine against Tottenham. That was the last time Antonio scored. And if you just look at his... Um, if you remove the first three fixtures, Antonio has holds zero times since game week four. So, yeah, um, I checked his BPS against Burnley. I think it was minus one. Uh, so, yeah, he's not getting involved. He's not really getting shots. There's nothing much coming from Antonio. But uh, I agree as well. You probably have to hold him now for the next probably four fixtures and see see from there. Yeah, I, Andy, I, you want uh, to say yeah I'll just uh, add two comments and then we move on. I, I, the first thing is this. Uh, when we first talked about the COVID thing early on and general strategies, <laughs> here's here's the thing, right? Like, we're already doubled up, tripled up on some teams, and with all the uncertainty going on, uh, if you have Bowen, uh, such as uh, you and I, Pross, and and um, Bruno as well, the the idea, good idea, may be to move off him. However, with that being said, with you, Pross, you've had him for so long, so there's this inherent like kind of voice in the back of your head saying, uh, "Don't get rid of him. Don't get rid of him." So uh, it's it's one I of those. Get rid of- <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully you make the right decision. But um, you know, certainly FPL has has these voices, uh, you know, uh, playing. Late riser brought bought him uh, last week. Did you see that? I mean, he he obviously uh, believed that's the counter argument that if you if you if you look at how he's done, uh, he's he's delivered much more than Bowen against the non top six team. So mm. you can you can have, but we need to see it, right? I mean, he's mm. got his chance now against Norwich over the weekend after Arsenal. Um, so we will see, but uh, this is why I think definitely give him a few weeks, yeah. uh, a couple of weeks, and then and then reassess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next. One last thing, I think uh, zero shots in the box for Antonio I know, against I Burnley. I think that's that's. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. <Continue. laughs> um, yeah, we're very uh, <laughs> negative on Antonio here, but um, yeah. So would you say hold? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Pross? Reluctant hold. Reluctant hold. Reluctant hold. Okay, we got it. And let's go to our uh, darling at the moment, Ollie Watkins. A strong buy for me. Um, you know, good performance by Aston Villa. And, uh, you know, Watkins last season was a frustrating own. Uh, it seems like he can get a hat-trick, quadruple, you know, five goals a game with the amount of chances he was getting last season. But uh, this season, maybe his uh, uh, finishing product is getting a little bit better, although he had a... Uh, a good chance yesterday as well that he missed. But what do you think, Pross? Are you, are you, um, you know, I, I, let me address this too. One of the reasons we went to Watkins is because of the Ronaldo situation. 
And now we're in a difficult dilemma because our idea was to go back to Ronaldo, but now Watkins seems like a a pretty decent hold. So uh, what are your thoughts here? Uh, so not not as strong as as you in terms of a buy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he's he's a very good option. New manager bounce. He's central. There was one question in the chat. I missed who it was from. Uh, was what happens when Ings is back? So Ings has started coming back into the team. Actually, that's good for Watkins. I think uh, so far from what we've seen, even though he plays left forward, he does come in a lot. Um, I mean, think of almost like a a Salah type, you know, somebody coming in a lot and, and being more involved in the play. His stats were better, actually, when he was doing that. Again, small sample size. But I wouldn't worry if Ings is back that Watkins isn't a good pick. Yesterday was pretty encouraging. Uh, one of the assists, or, or the assist, was completely jammy. So whoever got it, like myself and Sonaldo, were, were a bit lucky. But then on the second point, where he was in the box for that tap-in in the end, that's what you want to see. Yep. Uh, a lot of times we get excited as FPL managers when Gallagher hits top bins or De Bruyne hits that you know corner of the net. Uh, but that's not sustainable. Actually, what's sustainable is this guy who's running into the box, who's being fed and is scoring from two yards. That's sustainable. That gives you the higher XG, which means it's, his returns in the future are more predictable. So for me, yeah, he's he's a good option, one to monitor. His stats before this game actually weren't that amazing. So I was reluctantly going to him. You remember, Sonaldo, when I was doing it, I was debating whether should I should go for a one-week punt on Lukaku, who we'll talk about next, yeah. or Watkins. But now that I have Watkins, I'm happy. It gives me the option of upgrading either Watkins or Antonio in a couple of weeks to Ronaldo if I wanted to. Yeah, I, I will quickly mention the the defending was horrendous in that goal. So um, that is the caveat. But, um, you know, even late riser Pernil was saying how highly he rates uh, Stevie G. So um, I like the the how, you know, new manager by bounce is definitely playing uh, a factor into Aston Villa as well. Um, your team, your boy, Cristiano Ronaldo, uh, Bruno, what do you think? Uh, is he a must? Um, thoughts here? Um, I think this one is quite debatable, right? Uh, I know prior to this game week, um, a lot of people sold him, especially because he was going to miss the at least one game. Uh, and now by the looks of it, we might see him play against uh, Brighton. The game might go on. So um, for me personally, with those fixtures coming up, I, I want Ronaldo. I, I know Pras as well, you said earlier that we left money in the bank to get him get uh, him back. If United are going to score, uh, most likely it's going to be Ronaldo on the score sheet. Uh, he does really well uh, as Black Box last season, I think, uh, I mean, prior to this season, showed. Ronaldo is a flat-track bully. Uh, he gets most of his goals against the smaller teams. And uh, I did some digging diggings as well to see how many minutes he played December 2020, so last year in December, with Juventus. And I think he missed like seven minutes and he played uh, out of 630 minutes. He, he missed only seven minutes. He played every game, 90 minutes. And there was games uh, from December 5 onwards. There was games every three days. So he's a fitness monster. And, and yeah, I, I wouldn't be uh, willing to sell him anytime soon, personally. Pross. Pross. Steve. Ronaldo is you. There's there's two schools of thoughts, right? Yeah. Uh, so I'm going to give the pros and the cons, so people will will then make their own mind up. The the pros of of Ronaldo are um, actually the, the, let me start with the cons because pros we know he's the greatest player ever to play. 
Um, <laughs> the, the cons are uh, he's expensive and uh, you're not going to captain him, right? That argument comes up a lot, uh, that he's taking up a lot of your funds. And basically, if you boil it down, Ronaldo having Ronaldo means you have a slightly poor bench. So if, if people then thought about how to restructure the funds, um, I don't hate it. I mean, some people have basically downgraded Ronaldo to Watkins and used the money to upgrade Brownhill um, to Foden. Yeah. So now they're laughing tonight because, or yesterday night, because they, they, made, they made that money. And this is fine. I, I'm not hating that. But my only problem is what happens. Um, there have been rumors on AFCON, by the way. It is happening as far as we know. What happens when Salah leaves? What happens when there's a double game week for Man United? He is the captain option, uh, the standout captain option, given the um, given the fixtures that Man United have. So for me, I always want to root back to Ronaldo if possible. If I spread the funds too much, then it's hard to get him back. You need to basically do a team surgery like myself, who had a minus eight two game weeks ago to get Ronaldo in. So it's not that easy to get him in. That's why I, I feel... Having a structure where you have a little bit of a money parked in a second player, like it was Sun before, some people had Kane or Vardy or a Ronaldo, actually for me is a better structure and have one dead spot like a Brownhill or a, I think Ramsey did very well yesterday. So I like that structure more, So which is why I, I like Ronaldo. So now on, on the pros, I mean, the guy has amazing fixtures. Bruno has already mentioned a lot of the pros. He's going to get fed a lot, the ball, uh, because of the high position we'll have against easier teams. People know how to play to his strengths. I mean, the team has now worked with him a long time. We have better crossers than we had early season. Both Dalo and, and Tellez are better crossers of the ball. He's the best header of the ball. So, uh, you know, I'm happy to have him, even though I, I won't captain him. So for me, he's a guy who, if you don't have him, think about what will you do if next game week you want him. That's That's how you should think about it. Uh, really well put there. Okay, let's go to these next two guys, Lacazette and Lukaku, who are very interesting takes. Um, FPL Nima, as we know him as, as Nima on um, on Twitter, who was a huge Arsenal fan, was uh, I was talking to him, or we were talking to him, Pros, till the last minute, and he was debating on whether to bring in uh, Lacazette as an option for Ronaldo. Um, yeah, what do you think here? Because uh, the whole premise of this is the idea that uh, Aubameyang is obviously in trouble right now with the captaincy thing. But the thing about, uh, like I said, he's never really plays 90 minutes, right? So I, I, I wouldn't go there. But what, what, would, what do you think, Pros? So I, I was when I heard of Lacazette, I was basically laughing, and this is when uh, <laughs> you know when uh, so so big man Bucker was also all, we were all debating who are we yeah. going for as our striker uh, yesterday, and everyone was all okay. Let's do. I think Watkins is the best shower. These are the reasons, and then suddenly Lacazette's name starts coming up, and I'm like, and I was really confused. Why are we talking about Lacazette? I mean, he's rubbish. But um, the, the thing is, big about there. <laughs> There's a real feeling with Aubameyang that he's he may not actually play for Arsenal again. They were, the disciplinary issues go beyond just what happened now. The captaincy, you know, taking publicly removing captaincy from a high-profile player is never great. So then, you know, my initial take was Martinelli's playing well, ESR, Saka, um, Odegaard is playing really well recently. But then people said, look, we, we definitely need a player who will play the number nine. And uh, Arsenal fans feel that will be Lacazette. So I'm not. Gonna, we're not going to spend much time. I think Debrup is right. We don't need to be spending too much time on Lacazette. Um, but watch him. Uh, if he does well, for example, against West Ham, 
who does he play next? Leeds. Who do we love to play as our FPL players? Leeds right now because they're giving up a lot of space, uh, a lot of chances. So watch out. I mean, we can then claim to be the first ones who brought Lacazette onto the radar, but um, <laughs> he's he could be an option. Yeah, I see Mike uh, helping here. He's a very friendly guy on Twitter and a huge Arsenal fan saying that after 60 minutes, uh, Lacazette runs like he's carrying a fridge on his back. So uh, he says to avoid. Uh, very, very funny there. Um, Bruno, I, what do you think about Lukaku? Can you give us a breakdown? Um, because some people, I, I know Pross was tempted to bring him in and I know um, some people have him. So yeah, what's the situation here with Lukaku? Yeah, it doesn't look like they are rushing him back in. I think uh, having seen how uh, Chelsea play, he doesn't have such a good chemistry with the other two um, attackers, uh, whether it be Mount or Ziyech or, or, or Werner. Unlike, uh, what's this guy's name? Havertz, sorry. Yeah, uh, unlike Havertz, who, who looks like, I mean, he's played with them for a longer time and looks like they had the, that chemistry. So I think they're not really in a rush to get Lukaku in. They're trying to manage his minutes as well. Uh, and uh, the one game where he really shined was against Arsenal and he was playing against Pablo Mari, who just kept on going towards him and just holding him uh, like he's holding his wife. Uh, but and, and that's where Lukaku really shines, right? He knows how to, how to play those uh, types of situations. Uh, and, and ever since that game, we haven't really seen other defenders really go that close to Lukaku because they know he can turn quite easily. Uh, and uh, yeah, historically, Tuchel, um, I have this sort of a theory, I mean, uh, some some observation that I've, I've made when it comes to any manager, I mean, their personality comes out uh, in their team. So um, a player, a, a manager like Pep Guardiola, who used to play for Barcelona as a midfielder, I'm going, I'm going off track here. Um, he, he was more about passing, and you, you can see him see that in, his, in the team that he's coaching at the moment. Passing is, is the main key uh, for his team. Uh, a, a player like Oleg Nasoska, when he became manager of Man United, he was all about that uh, never say die attitude, and we saw that last season uh, with United. And similarly with Tuchel, I, I think uh, Tuchel was a defender, and you can see that Chelsea, that the forte is the defense, and uh, ever since he joined Chelsea. Strikers really haven't scored that much, so yeah, uh, I need to see a lot more from uh, from Chelsea forwards before I go invest eleven million. In the yeah, I mean, like they won the Champions League without a true striker last season, right? So, uh, yeah, very interesting tactical breakdown there. Um, I do agree with it. Pros, why were you thinking of bringing bringing in this week? Uh, um, was it a gut um, feeling? Yeah, so this week I was only thinking because um, I. I wanted Ronaldo back. So I was looking at somebody who can bridge me this week that Ronaldo is out. Um, and so he plays Everton on Thursday, which is his ex-team. Uh, they're at home and he had rested over the the, the, the weekend. So I, I'm pretty sure he's going to start on Thursday. Um, and today, Thomas Tuchel said he's ready to play 70-odd minutes. So I'm actually expecting him to do well. Now, Oli Watkins has done really well, so I'm not regretting the decision. But I think Lukaku will continue to do well. Uh, or we'll start to do better again. Uh, I agree with everything Bruno said in terms of his, uh, you know, not being as effective. All these stats about Chelsea's number nine being not being the goal scorer. Agree with all of that. But I can guarantee you now, before the end of the season, everyone will be going for Lukaku at some point. 
because he's a great player, great price. He's actually a million cheaper than Ronaldo, Kane, and that bracket. So he's achievable in the team structures as the second premium. When he starts firing, he will start firing. I feel um, he will be somebody we look at, but I think not for now. Okay. So if you have him, you would hold, but if you don't, uh, you would wait on him. Um, if you have him, what are you doing? I mean, you shouldn't be having him. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, let's go to the next one. Uh, we have the man in form, the hot man in Dennis. And uh, it sparked a very uh, de- a huge debate on Twitter with the Grass FC versus Analytic FC last week. Um, I brought in Joshua King, um, and he played like a left back last game. So it was very frustrating to see. And all of a sudden, Dennis was playing um, striker. Uh, without getting too much into it, I-, I guess the thing about Dennis is He's in form. I mean, he looks great, and he, you know, he he looks so confident, and and confidence is such a underrated asset at times in terms of FPL or in terms of football. So uh, I like the way he he's he's you know walking around and and, and portraying himself as as. Um, so it's a simple question. FP is coming for use. Yeah. Um, so the simple question for you guys is, you know, you hold him if you have him, but what do you do if you're a Joshua King owner? I mean, obviously you. For me, it would be a hold. There's no sideways move here, but what do you think? Bruno, what do you think? Um, for whatever reason, this week, Josh King played winger and, and Dennis played up front, so I'm not sure what's happening there. Uh, we have to to see if, if this continues. If it does, then that that worries me as a, as a King owner. But yeah, um, I, I agree with you, uh, Andy. Uh, he looks really confident and he is in form and for me personally, every time we look at XG, we have to take into account form. And it's quite difficult to do that because we cannot quantify form. Um, but it's something that I test managers, perhaps, uh, we can sort of account for it a little bit. So yeah, whenever we look at XG, we have to take, it out, take into account form. Uh, and uh, at the moment, Dennis is on hot, hot form. So yeah, if you have him hold him, uh, would I make the switch from King to Dennis? Not really. I think I'll wait a little bit, especially with the Pence situation as well. So, yeah. Uh, Press? Yeah, look, uh, we've done enough threads and videos on Dennis versus King. So I think uh, nothing more to add. He's, he's, he's a great option. For me, the Dennis-King debate is the same as the debate we were having with between Bernardo and Foden. Uh, one has better stats, but one looks red-hot form, co- confident. Uh, so there's no reason to switch between the two. You hold one, um, and Dennis has the, the 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 slight issue of Afcon if that happens. So I, I think um, I think keep, keep whoever you have and uh, and and just ride it out. There'll be weeks when one does better when uh, or or the other. Yeah, let's not forget. Also, yeah. in the in the last game, he hit the post right, and then Dennis followed up with a corner goal. So it could have been. A different story if if um, you know King scored that. Um, so it's just the fine margins in in football. Um, yeah. yeah, and Pookie. Yeah, uh, one last thing as well. Um, form is not going to go on for the whole season. It will die down eventually. I mean, uh, Dennis has been in hot form for quite a while. So uh, whether uh, whether that will continue for uh, for the whole season, I don't think so. So yeah, just just one last uh, observation. Yeah, that's completely fair. Um, so Pookie, Pookie, I have to leave in 
10 minutes. Uh, sorry, okay. just yeah, yeah, we're about to finish. Um, Pookie, the last one, and then we'll do our bus teams quickly. Uh, I think the thing with about Pookie is he's just a good long-term budget hold um, and a solid price point, probably the best in his price point, right? Or one of the best in his price point. Um, so, yeah, I think it's the structure of having just one top striker and, and two cheaper strikers. But what do you think about Pookie um, quickly, um, Pross? Uh, decent on pens, nailed, but Norwich are just not looking. Yesterday was actually very disappointing against Man United. Mm. Um, they, they, they looked, looked good, good yeah. and, and I and I and I was quite encouraged by what I was seeing. But yesterday they were very very poor. Um, n- very little attacking threat. I'm a bit wary, and especially now that we have a few more options uh, up front. So if you're going for Puki, I mean he's basically a, somebody who comes on, so he should be first bench or something. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to our teams. Uh, we're pushing the the time here. Um, so we begin with Bruno's team. Um, Bruno, can you explain? Obviously, there's uh, this game week to be played out, so this is very early days. Um, but what are you thinking here about doing for game week 18? Um, at the moment, like I said earlier, um, as much as you can save a transfer just to navigate the COVID situation better, so my team looks good, I would say. Uh, I'm looking to just save a transfer. Uh, I think the, the point of contention that we probably have to discuss a little bit is um, who to captain. Salah is playing Tottenham away. Um, you ca- uh, City are playing Newcastle away. Uh, maybe United will play Brighton at home, uh, a depleted Brighton. Um, plus, who, who, who would you captain this week? Wow, I just noticed you. Yeah, Ronaldo. Wow, nice. Um, after all the things we discussed about uh, whether we want Ronaldo or not, I am um, going for um, for Salah uh, because uh, I well I, we'll see how Tottenham look. Right, I mean the squad has been decimated over the last week with 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 COVID issues. So you just don't know who's coming back. Will Davis be back? Will Regulion be back? I mean these guys were rumored to have had COVID. So um, I'm I'm actually okay with with Salah again. It's a bit like it's it's a bit comes down to your your um, your playing style. Um, I think because my eleven is better than average, I'm happy to go with the the masses on the captaincy. So you that's generally the way I think. But let's go with people who are more maverick like yourselves. I think Cancelo Cancelo is a great caption uh, captain option this week uh, simply because he's had his rest. So you know he's going to play. Newcastle are terrible. He's going to be attacking. So for me, if I was looking. If I was looking outside of Salah, it would be probably Cancelo or mm-hmm. even Sterling. Uh, some people who have, he's got great stats over the last few. Ted, uh, yep, Ted's going to captain him, I think. Mm. Um, so Sterling is a very good option now. And uh, Ronaldo, obviously, if we know he's playing, um, he's, all, he's, he's a great option as well. Why do you have Jota on the bench quickly, um, Bruno? Um, so he can come in for <laughs> Fernando. Uh, honestly, um, I think Firmino coming back into the team, he might just get uh, less minutes. So uh, this is just my best team. So I'm, I'm not really sure. Here, to be honest. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I benched him last game. We can, he got one point. So and I played in Buemo. Yeah, that but then out. we we knew he's out, right? I mean, that was uh, that that was a little different. Where we knew he hadn't trained the whole week. I mean, look, of course it's your team, but I have a similar dilemma, and I'm benching Dalo. Uh, simply because Dalo, um, I mean, how many points? 
Jota can get you a goal anytime. Um, Dalo will, you know, he could get you two points or maybe eight or nine. But anyway, um, that's 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 your decision. Yeah, nothing des- decided yet, to be honest. All right, we have your team here, Pros. Um, any transfers you're trying to make or thought of? Uh, so I have, because I downgraded um, Sonar- uh, I've seen Sonar- <laughs> Ronaldo. Um, I downgraded Ronaldo to Watkins. I have obviously the money to go back to Ronaldo. Uh, the, the neat thing is Antonio and Watkins are the same price. So what I have is basically a shootout between Antonio and Watkins on who is the man who gets cut for Ronaldo. That's at least the way I'm thinking. So I'm going to save a transfer this week um and uh, and upgrade one of them to ronaldo that's the long term plan because i don't think there's any other major issues in the team mm. okay and quickly this is my team here um yeah i have uh, one transfer and like five point something in the bank um and a way back to ronaldo was walkins but now i want to keep walking so i need to figure out a way to get huang to Ronaldo and the way to do that for me is to downgrade Alonso. So most likely I'll roll this week. Um, it is a plan, but things will change uh, in the next couple of days. So uh, we'll go by, we'll play by year. Um, so yeah, uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. It's been a, a long show today and um, appreciate the technical difficulties earlier, including my uh, fixture ticker issue. Um, you know, Pros, as we've been doing this, I feel like we've getting more comfortable and, and, and getting better. And hopefully we're pr- producing and giving the viewers better content week in and week out. And uh, guys, do follow Pross as well as at FPL Bruno. Kishav is such a good guy and a very knowledgeable FPL manager as well. Kishav, thank you for being our first guest today. Um, any final words for you guys? Uh, no, Stay I just safe. wanted to thank uh, I wanted to thank uh, Bruno as well for coming on. Uh, what we'll try to do is uh, we, we'll try to have more people from the community come on as well to to share their views. Uh, it could be fans from teams. It could be knowledgeable people like Bruno. Um, so, yeah, lovely to have you, Bruno. Yeah, thank you for having me on, guys. Um, yeah, for me personally, just stay safe, guys. Uh, this Omicron virus looks like it's going to spread faster. So you don't want to infect anyone else. Uh, stay safe, wear your mask and all. And uh, yeah, go get these green arrows, guys. Yeah, uh, I'll say one thing lastly. And, uh, you know, we're seeing some viewers that are coming on every show for us and the names that stand out. I'm sorry if I'm missing a couple is John L and FPL A plus always here to support us. So thank you guys so much for for your support. And uh, Prakash, thank you for the visuals today. It, it meant a lot. Um, so thank you. And we will be back next week with another burning question series and uh, hit that like.